I tell you what I do after I record the podcast every week. I'm going to the Grove for Sauce on the Side. The calzones are amazing. Sauce on the Side offers a variety of calzones, salads, and desserts. My favorites include the pesto-filled Roasty Toasty and the Pancho Villa. Don't forget about the dessert calzones and the special of the month. Sauce on the Side has several locations in the metro area, including the new one in St. Charles. Order online at sauceontheside.com for pickup or delivery. That's sauceontheside.com. Today on the podcast, the legacy Leland Race joins the show to talk getting back in the ring, the future of World League Wrestling and its academy, and his experiences as the son of the king, Harley Race. It's all today on the Grandel Wrestling Podcast. Hey everybody, have you heard that we have merchandise, t-shirts, and they're pretty cool too. Wrestling at the Grandel and the Grandel Wrestling Podcast t-shirts are now available at buyjack.com slash Grandel Wrestling. Hey everybody, welcome on into the Grandel Wrestling Podcast. Man, we've completed 10 episodes already, and here we're going in to the next decade. I'm here, Ben Simon, along with the legacy Leland Race. Leland, welcome to the show. Lucky number 11, Ben. We're breaking that barrier down, going from 10, moving forward, and hopefully this won't be the last if I don't sit here and kill it for you. Hey, if we didn't end at 10, <laughs> I guess we're still going. Uh, and this is a prominent episode because you are the first name outside of the WrestleMax and Glory Pro families to be on this show. So we're expanding. Today, it's all about World League Wrestling. And, uh, you know, I want to talk, I always like to profile the, the characters, the personalities, the men and women on this show uh, from the beginning. How did you get involved in wrestling? What kick-started this passion of yours? Just in, in professional wrestling as a, as a whole? Yeah. Uh, started when I was like 10 years old, mm -hmm. you know, just wanting to do it, working my butt off because... You know, in this this business to me is competition based, and what I mean by that is two athletes going in there. Uh, yeah, maybe good versus evil, but also two athletes going in there. Who's the best athlete? Who's going to win? And you know, I've been in athletics my entire life, wrestling, amateur wrestling at the uh, you know the grade school level. Well, I went from there on to uh, you know I played. Baseball, basketball, soccer, swimming, competitively for four years and doing the, the amateur mat-based wrestling for the better part of three years. Um, winning championships in those and, and uh, I, I guess lack of better words, excelling in those and, and bringing that mentality. Uh, you know, I had pretty much made up my mind when I was uh, 16 years old to pursue professional wrestling, not just as a hobby, uh, but for me as a career, not a job, uh, to me a job is something that you clock in and clock out. That's not me. Uh, professional wrestling is, is my life and career. And uh, I started getting in the ring when I was 17 years old, uh, March 3rd of 2003. And uh, Was that at World League Wrestling? That was not at World League Wrestling. That was at a uh, gentleman's wrestling school uh, based in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's where I went to start training. 
And from that point, you know, the reason I was there was because there, there was not needing to be any me being looked at as, as biased if I started here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So being sent to Charlotte, North Carolina, and, and, and training under a gentleman by the name of George South. And if you don't know who George South is, um, you know, look him up. He, he is one of the, like, very few hand-picked opponents by Ric Flair himself, uh, especially in the Crockett territory, where if Rick was wrestling and he had, uh, I guess, the opportunity or the chance to say, all right, who do you want to wrestle? Number one name, George South. And George, I believe, still is running shows to this day. Running uh, shows, running events, and still wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, I wasn't too sure no, about that no, last no, week. Exa- he, he just wrestled uh, a week or two ago uh, okay. for a pretty large promotion, uh, AML Wrestling. And, and those gentlemen who run that, they're, they're extremely good people. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they run a really solid promotion. Their attendance uh they they run mainly in the middle of north carolina um greensboro-esque and if you don't know if you're not familiar with what greensboro is for professional wrestling fans look it up it's the very first location of uh starcade back in uh thanksgiving of 1983 Mm -hmm. so the greensboro coliseum still stands today indeed now you came home to world league wrestling for those who don't know wlw uh, hasn't always been a St. Louis area company, but it's run in St. Louis before it was a St. Louis company, and its origins go back to 1996 when it was called World Legion Wrestling with David Marquez and Harley Race and Carl Lauer. And also, I mean, Gordon Soley, I believe, was commentating the first Correct. couple of shows. Yes, yes, sir. Yeah, that the, the original rendition of WLW, like you just covered, Ben, was World Legion Wrestling. Started in Springfield and uh, ran Missouri. out Springfield, Missouri, not Springfield, Illinois, or we're not going to leave it up to the Simpsons you yeah. know, folks out there. <laughs> the 120 Springfield. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So with that said... You know, ran out of a location called Remington's, which is, again, still standing today. Uh, WLW, the current uh, era of WLW, uh, ran an event there back in 2011, 11 or 12, where we had Dolph Ziggler in. And uh, it was a uh, benefit event for, I believe it was like Relay for Life. That, the exact thing, uh, specifics escaped me at this point in time. But uh, there was... A good crowd that night and, and uh, really good matches per usual. And, um, yeah, you know, we started there in Springfield, World Legion, and then it, it, it kind of broke apart uh, back in 99. Mm-hmm. Then from there moved to Eldon, Missouri. And that's when Harley took full control. Yes, yeah. as That, that break apart from, from World Legion to World League happened, and that's when the old man gained uh, full control. Uh, alongside uh, BJ and his wife that's correct mm-hmm. and uh, from there uh, just kind of blossomed the the company was in 1999 and the Academy itself started in 2000 in Elton mm-hmm. both of them at that point in time and Harley put out a lot of good wrestlers and because of his connections with WWE I remember going to shows at uh, the Keel Center here in st. Louis and we'd have uh, Brian Breaker maybe on a Sunday night heat match or superstar mm-hmm. Steve even would be wrestling. It's unfortunate actually nowadays you don't get so many of those tryout matches uh, in the dark portions of the show. Uh, you're right. Um, 
You know, when, when, when bigger companies would come, not even just to St. Louis or to Kansas City, uh, they would be, you know, three, four or five hours from here. You know, I remember being sent uh, to, to uh, Sioux City, Iowa, to uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, to um, uh, Davenport, Iowa, uh, Omaha, Nebraska. And, and believe me, you know, you travel the roads you know, four or five hours one way, especially during the wintertime when there's a foot and a half, two feet of snow. Uh, you know, those, 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 that's what's being, that's part of what being a wrestler is. And, you know, it is, you know, the, the, back in the day, the older days, when there would be, as you say, tryout matches. Yeah, they, they're not really tryout matches. Well, especially now, uh, there's no matches. Yeah, you, now you get to dress up to be a security guard or something. Not, right? not even that, because <laughs> it is, you know, the COVID put the kibosh on that. However, before pre-COVID, you know, yeah, we were basically, as they call it, extra talent. Mm -hmm. And uh, so if, if they needed somebody in a match... One of the guys, obviously, not just WLW, but, you know, other wrestlers from the area, if they were there, they all got, uh, in, in, you know, basically in a pool and said, all right, you do it, mm -hmm. or, or we need you to do something, or whatever the case may be. And um, hopefully that comes back. You know, the bigger companies, WWE, uh, AEW, uh, they're coming to St. Louis uh, November, correct? Yeah. Um, so things are returning back to whatever normal is. Uh, whether or not us as independent wrestlers or independent contracts or whatever um, have that opportunity to assist or be part of that experience backstage, that definitely remains to be seen. Back when you had hair, <laughs> <laughs> you competed <laughs> in you World League Wrestling this? as Jason Jones. And uh, it, 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 a name, uh, frankly, I, I always found to be a little generic. Because uh, there's another Thank Jason you. Jones in the region, too. Yeah, giddy up. <laughs> Space Cowboy Space Jason. Cowboy. Not you, a different one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but you were Jason Jones, and you won the World League Wrestling Heavyweight title. Now, from from my perspective as a fan, you kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, but, you know, all those old photos, you were in there training, training with everybody else. At what point were you – I mean, when you were winning the heavyweight championship – you weren't training or anything like that. You weren't training others. You were... Uh, I was being trained. Exactly. Or, uh, you know, I think we're saying the same thing. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I was not leading training, mm -hmm. uh, nor was I being an assistant trainer, because at that time there was a pecking order yeah. at the academy. You know, you had the uh, head trainer uh, for the for a pretty long time. It was a gentleman by the name of Steve Anthony, of which I know, I'm pretty sure you know who he is. Mm -hmm. um, then, you know, before that, it was uh, Darren Wade, uh, Superstar Steve, um, let's see, Trevor Murdoch, uh, Derek Stone, and, the, and there was a handful of, of students that excelled at the academy, and those were, guys were chosen, handpicked by the old man, to uh, assist in leading. And, and he would sit out there while training was going on and say, all right, you need to do it this way. And sometimes he put the headlock on or he put the – the two, my my favorite thing is to watch. Uh, it would be uh, you know when he was here would be to watch him put the young kids in uh, front face lock. And there's a very specific thing that he would do. Uh, two two things really. One he put his you know he had massive forearms. You're talking about Harley, right? Correct. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he'd put his massive forearms right across the cheekbone there, uh, just right on the jawline, 
And then he put two fingers because his grip strength was uncomparable to many people even today. And uh, he put two fingers here, put two fingers on their shoulder, and then just lift up. And you want to talk about somebody either about to pee their pants or pass out. And it wasn't it wasn't like a guillotine choke. He no, was just no, trying no. to torture you. No, like a guillotine, uh, you know, that's for today's folk. But in, in the old days, you know, that cross face, uh-huh. you put it on them, done. Uh, same with the knuckle lock. It took one time to figure that out. Well, Harley always can't, uh, you know, I, of course I can't speak from uh, firsthand experience, but, you know, everyone knows that Harley came from that era of the of the real the shooters, boys. the tough guys, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, he, we'd like to stretch you if given the opportunity, perhaps. Uh, not necessarily if given the opportunity, but <laughs> if uh, if you needed it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there was, uh, I like listening to Dr. Tom tell a specific story, Dr. Tom Pritchard tell a specific story about... Uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, Don Slatton. Have you ever heard this story? I haven't. Okay. Uh, there was a gentleman, I believe, in the Oklahoma territory, uh, McGurk, Leroy McGurk's territory. And um, at that point in time, the lawman Don Slatton decided he was going to try to uh, put basically pull a double cross. And if you don't know what a double cross is, uh, you know, at that point in time, you didn't want to go against what was being told for you to do, basically go into business for yourself. And so he decided he was going to try that and try to beat and defeat legitimately the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion Harley Race. Going to take that title. And that's what he thought yeah. in his brain that night. So I forget exactly what lo- uh, locale this was at, but uh, it was a chain match. So, you know, the whole the whole idea of the chain match is you got to drag your opponent, touch, drag your opponent, touch, all four corners. Right? They're attached by the, the wrist with, with, a with, chain. A, with a chain. Yeah. Correct, yeah. So uh, that said, um, I forget exactly how it went down, but it was something along the lines of, you know, the old man was dragging, touch, but what he didn't see was Don Slatton was touching behind him. Uh-huh. And so he get to the third corner, touch, and something happened, and then – Don Slatton touched the fourth one, unbeknownst to the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. He touched it first. Touched it. And so uh-huh. he won the World's Heavyweight Championship, and then he ran to the back, and then he got drug out. <laughs> and I think he learned the hard way, you don't do that. No, I, I'd never actually heard of yeah. that. Yeah, Don Slatton, the lawman Don Slatton. The, uh, the screw job, uh, the double cross that time <laughs> has forgotten, perhaps, yes. the, at least for the history books. Um, you know... You when you you were Jason Jones in World League Wrestling, I think that your career changed forever. Whenever the news broke, with a promo came out with Harley Race. I remember Brian Kelly of Missouri Wrestling Revival and I we were sharing it. Harley Race says, "My son, mm-hmm. Leland Race, will now go by his given name. He will no longer be Jason Jones." And I think it was you who said in a promo that you were vacating the title to go back and try to win it in a an elimination tournament. Is that right? I really don't remember that. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of body slams to go. Uh, a lot of chair I'm shots I'm pretty sure that's how it went. Uh, you know, that, that <clears throat> you have to understand the name Jason Jones. Uh, if I wrestled under the name Leland Race and I was a failure, mm-hmm. what's going to happen to the name Harley Race? It's going to look like a failure, so to speak. So I had to earn that um, opportunity to do it and earn his respect and make and, and show him that 
what I wanted to do wasn't just a fly-by-night thing. It wasn't just a crazy dream that I had. It's something that I really wanted to do, and he had to make he wanted to make one hundred percent sure that I was going to be uh, doing this for the right reasons and in this for the long haul. Mm-hmm. And 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 then that's when the switch happened. Something like that has got to be such an incredible honor coming from Harley to be able to use that name. Um, did it stress you out when it happened or were you all in? Uh, stress? No. Um, did I feel the pressure? Th- did I feel the pressure? Yeah. Uh, yes, but in a good way to me, especially now uh, I'm a little bit, I think I'm a little bit older and wiser. Um, I don't look as a, as pressure as a negative thing. I look at it as a challenge and, what's going to make me better in the long run and what's going to make others that are around me better in the long run. So um, stress, again, no, because a lot of times, myself included, I think people look at stress as a bad thing. No, no stress, but just uh, pressure for sure. But, you know, a uh, there's a wrestler at WLW, Colton Theron Vaught. Hey, I know that guy. Uh, a little bit Must here and there. TV. Must see TV. You know, he, he oftentimes says – on shows, at events, and during training, you know, pressure creates diamonds. Uh-huh. Looking at the diamond in the rough. So, and as I'm we joking when I say that, <laughs> I'll take it lightly. Hey, anyway, so as you are now competing under Leland Race, you have the World League Wrestling Heavyweight Title again. At what point are you beginning to? run the show as kind of a, a proprietor in the background because it's it seemed to me at the time and I was not a part of World League Wrestling that Harley was starting to transition out of he was still the owner but he was trying to transition out of like running the show directly so you know out of um, and I mean this in the most polite way possible so don't misunderstand me sure um, the old man was in it until the day he passed mm-hmm. and never what was I ever looking at anything in that company, around that company, however you want to phrase it, uh, in any way, shape, or form, except for that. You know, to, even to this day, you can still ask others that are there. Uh, this company is still owned and uh, and is Harley Race. You know what I mean? There's n- absolutely no taking that away. Um, I. Um, I, I think the best way to say it is that he was trying to teach me the ropes of how to run a professional wrestling company um, probably as early as 2015, the first night champions. That was the, that was the big test for me um, because that he did not want that event to happen. <laughs> well, that was a huge night for World yeah, League Wrestling, and, and, and as, I would say one of the two biggest nights in WLW history. I'll get to the other one in a bit. But Ric Flair and Harley Race yes, reconvening in, at the uh, Troy Buchanan High School in yes, 2015. Why did he not want that to happen? What it, a huge event. It's not that he didn't want it to happen, but he did not think that I was capable of taking it from here the and brain. making it to there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Start to finish. Yes, yes, yes. A realization. And that, you know, that wasn't a one-month ordeal. That We started working on that event. I would venture to say probably May, if not way sooner than that, probably April of that year. 
uh, the, those 90 champions event, those are about six months long. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the whole from, from brain to finish line, as you say, um, that was the, I think the first big test to see if I was capable of doing something like that and to see if I really wanted to do something like that, because he said it a lot of times, uh, some on video, some on audio, some just me to him or me and him rather. Um, you know, he did not want this company to, to vanish whenever he was no longer here. This I'm really w- glad you said that. That's a, that's a big question I actually was going to ask you later on. Sure, sure. Uh, and we can circle back around. Oh, no, go ahead uh, right now. The, you know, the, to me, and uh, very rarely do I get emotional, and you can ask my wife, but uh, to me, World League Wrestling is uh, almost the last gift to professional wrestling fans from Harley Race. Um, good, bad, or indifferent, that's the way I see it. Um, there was, uh, how long have you been, uh, atten- how long have you been attending or, you know, keeping track of, or, or going to world league wrestling events? Well, my first WLW show was May of 2002. I almost got run over by D'Lo Brown. <laughs> he was outside the ring. It was terrifying. He's huge. You know, I was tiny back then, even more so than now. I think that's all subjective, yeah. but you know, did he, did he stick his head out the window and do the D'Lo head shake at you? <laughs> um, you know, that said, uh, there's been a lot of fans with the, as far as World League Wrestling is concerned, 20, almost 22 years, November the 3rd is when the charter of the company was started. Um, November the 3rd, so to almost 22 years. That's 22 years of wrestling events, 22 years of wrestling matches, and 22 years of how many hundreds of thousands of fans attending a World League Wrestling event. Mm. That's a lot. Yeah. And when you look at the grand scheme of where the man, the myth, the legend, the real world's heavyweight champion, Harley Race, when you looked at where he wrestled at across the world, which is everywhere except for two countries, China and Russia. When you look at that, how many matches he's had across the world and how many fans, be it in person or on television or whatever era you're looking at, radio maybe, um, how many fans he entertained? Man, that's a hell of a lot. Everybody in St. Louis has a Harley Race story. I mean, for you talk about wrestling at the chase, the first name they say is Harley Race. Yeah, and there's, there's, and even today, yeah, even today, you know, when we, when I would go with him to his signings or appearances, and we had to fly out, people that worked at the airport today know that we get out, and they, they'd open, they help him out, you know, help me get the bags out, and I'd help him get out. How you doing, Harley? Mm-hmm. And every time I'm like, what, what is going on here? And he look at me and he give me the wink, and then we get in, he say, I still got it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he, and he did. He definitely did. Without saying, I want to bring it back to uh, a big time in World League Wrestling history. In late 2013, a huge transition for the company as the uh, WLW crew packed up from Eldon, Missouri, 
and moved the headquarters and training facility to the greater St. Louis area, albeit on the edge, in Troy, Missouri, and with the brand new, uh, newly named Race Wrestling Arena. And there was a grand opening. It was a big to-do. Everybody was, I was just elated to have the uh, World League Wrestling move to the St. Louis area. And uh, that was a big time. I asked Harley uh, why he moved, why he selected uh, Troy. Uh, He wanted to move to Troy from Eldon after he'd been in Eldon for so many years. Sure. And he said simply, the people in Eldon aren't really coming out. You know, does that check out with you? No, I mean, that's a part of it. There was multiple factors. Mm -hmm. Um, That was 2013, and Eldon itself, you know, wasn't what it was 13 years prior. And it's still a good town. You know, I I went to Eldon two months ago. I still like going there. Uh, You know, I I still keep in touch with a lot of the people that trained Mm -hmm. uh, and stayed in Eldon. And, you know, I, I often tell a couple of good friends of mine, you know, I wish in, you know, it's like that uh, episode of The Office, the final episode, uh, where the guy who plays Andy said, uh, I wish we were to know, we were uh, knowing that, uh, I forget exactly how I said. Was it about the glory days or something? Yeah, that I wish we were know we, we were in the glory yeah. days then, mm-hmm. basically. Um, and that's uh, very applicable to me there because, man, Eldon's a crap hole. If, if, you know, from, for if you, if you, you know, are not from Eldon period in the discussion, you, when you go to Eldon, there's a culture shock mm-hmm. and there is a huge, huge change of life that you got to do. And if you don't, it's adapt or die, Jack, you know, and those were, those were the fun times. Because mm-hmm. Eldon's like 3,200 people. Yeah, very small, <laughs> very small town. They're, you know, they're all that's missing are the tumbleweeds going down the road. Yeah. Uh, but those were the times, man, that the young kids that are training at the academy today, I wish they could experience because that's what brings everybody together because they're, that's all you have. Mm-hmm. They, we are all that we had there in Eldon. Yeah, we could go out and hang out with people that are from the lake or, you know, uh, go to, to buzzers or what have you. But, but. At the end of the day, we were there. We were there at the uh, the academy, three days a week minimum, and then we had shows on the weekends, and that's we that's all we surrounded ourselves with. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I was happy about that too. It's, it's it's not a bad thing. But as far as moving to Eldon, you know, the economy wasn't the greatest in that mid Missouri area. Um, Eldon had lost a couple of of uh, places of employment to relocations of them. And so the job opportunities weren't there. So then, yeah, we decided, all right, I remember having a conversation with them in July of that year, 2013. I said, look, we could sit here and you could just let this company go down. And I'm not going to blame you if you would like for that to happen because ultimately it's your decision. And B, you've worked your butt off your entire life in the discussion. So for you to sit here and just look at the lake through your window, that's perfectly okay too. You deserve that right. Or we could try to relocate and make something of this company again. That choice is entirely up to you. And he said that he did not want this company to die. This is what he wanted. And so, ironically enough, the location that is now known as the Race Wrestling Academy, uh, the Race Wrestling Arena, World League Wrestling Headquarters, et cetera, et cetera, um, it was the first place I found on the Internet, the last place we saw. And, man, boy, howdy, was I glad that I yanked that pin out of his hand a couple of different times at the locations we went to beforehand. Because they were <laughs> awful. 
So you had a you had a direct influence in coming no. to where you are now. No, no, uh, I I suggested it and I leave it at that. Like right. I I did not say I think you need to do this or I think you need to do that. As far as the what we didn't need to do a uh, building that is half the size of the academy now with a toilet literally in the middle of it with four walls and a pipe going up. I did uh, highly suggest he not do that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's I, legitimate. Under my advisement, I suggest. Uh, uh, suggestions, yes. Uh, I got to talk about this. Uh, you have one of the uh, rare instances of a wrestling romance that has seemed to work out, at least so far, married to Stacey O'Brien, a longtime uh, lady wrestler in the area, and actually maybe one of a few most prominent ones. When did you meet Stacy, and how did uh, how did your relationship start? If you, you don't mind me asking, uh, it, <laughs> we're digging here. Yeah, yeah, you're poking the bear a little bit, and by the bear I mean me, not her. Um, we uh, started off rocky, and I'm just gonna kind of we're mm. gonna leave it there. Okay. Um, but you know, uh, I, I would say it was uh, 2012 when we started dating. And uh, we've been together ever since, man. And there's been a lot of highs and a lot of lows. Mm-hmm. More, more, more highs than lows. Uh, the, the thing with me and her, you know, I'm a type A personality. That's just who I am as a person. Uh, at first, she wasn't, and now she is. And so we butt heads quite a bit uh, on certain things. You know, for instance, you know, I tell her she needs to uh, – to fix the dishwasher, and by that I mean get to washing the dishes. She doesn't like that very much. <laughs> and I'm sorry in there if you're in there. I'm not sexist. Uh-oh. I'm just making a joke. We're getting right? more than we bargained for. <laughs> yeah, I'm a. I'm not a stand-up comedian. I'm a sit-down comedian today, Jack. Uh, but you know, it, it's it's. She's a very strong person, and that's why uh, we we. It's not that we don't see eye to eye, but she's not afraid to tell me her mind, and I can definitely respect that because. Uh, that that it earns a lot of respect from me, right? Well, the, the, and it's it's uh, it's nice seeing something that works. I mean, to me, you two, uh, in in my work. opinion, that you work and you run worldly wrestling very well together. Um, and when I when I started announcing for you, in uh, I did a one off in 2016, and then I was regular in 2018. Um, I was very fortunate to be there the, uh, for the last year of Harley's life mm-hmm. uh, when he was at the shows. And I remember one time uh, after Larry Matizik passed in, in November of 18, uh, I was kind of given a 10-bell salute, salute eulogy in the ring, and uh, it just kind of hit me. Uh, while we were mourning Larry Matizik's passing, the famous St. Louis commentator and ring announcer, uh, Harley Race is in the room, and... You know, you never know how much time anyone has left, really. But at any given day, at any given person. My goodness, it really, it, it, it I kind of overcame me, uh, overcame me with emotion there for a second, because uh, what a special time and uh, what a special opportunity it was for all of us to get to be there with him. Um, Ric Flair said some stuff on Twitter. Harley Race has lung cancer. My thoughts are with him. Something to that effect, and. Uh, everybody else uh, close to Harley kind of reeled that back in. Uh, maybe it was true, maybe it wasn't, but that release was not for the public at that time. Harley right. is still around. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's kind of how I read it, right? Sure, sure, Mr. sure. Mr. Flair, with all due respect, please. Um, 
and Harley was still making appearances. Yep. And in fact, I, I, I was shocked. I mean, I remember going to Cauliflower Alley Club. He flew out to Las Vegas, did not well, appear in the best. 2014 or no, 15. I believe, it was 15. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And I, uh, you know, he, and he was in, uh, I think he was in a motorized scooter. Oh, he that loved point. that thing. <laughs> Man, he would run. We walked. And this no joke. Okay. So what he said to me, uh, that year, 2015, he said, I'm going to go to Vegas. Why not? Hell right? yeah. So we go there, and I told him, I said, I, I'm here to do whatever you want to do, man. Let's just hang out and have fun. Let's have a good time, right? I said, I do have one request. Mm-hmm. I really want to go to the Golden Pond or to the to the Pond store, you know. Um, um, from the show? Yeah, from the show, that okay. store, uh, the Golden Silver Pond Shop. I said, I really want to go. Boy, I, man, I messed up, Ben, because I did not realize how far that was away. <laughs> that it wasn't a country like it wasn't no little quick hop, skip, and a no. jump away. No, it, it was a hot minute, and uh, literally, yeah. it was hot. And Vegas so, is not for the pedestrian. Oh, oh I don't mind gosh. walking. I just grossly underestimated how far that was. Everything. Yeah, yeah. So we go there, and and uh, man, he was sitting there just scooting right along, and I was mm-hmm. like, "You gonna get his?" Like, well. You know, there's no video, so he'd do this. Yeah. And I said, whatever, dude. So we go there, and, and you know, of course. And for those of you who couldn't see, he was flipping them off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's it, Harley. Yeah, yeah. Every single day. And mainly at me, but that's all right. Um, so we get to the golden pa- uh, to the to the pawn shop, and, and, you know, they're not recording that day. So we still walk in, and he had his Hall of Fame ring on. Mm-hmm. And I said, you ain't going to mess with that. I was like, do not even think about doing oh, that. No. So he goes up there, and he's like, what do you think about that? The guy was like, oh, you're a wrestler. So I think at the point in time, uh, Paul Bearer's ring was not there yet. So uh, I think, don't don't quote me on that one, though. But the, like, he wasn't going to get rid of it. He was just messing. So, um, you know, we went there to go see that, and then we came back. And uh, I think the same day, actually, we went to uh, uh, the, the gentleman with the Tigers. Uh, who are they? They were big the, Vegas acts. Siegfried and Roy? Yeah, 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 yeah. So they have a, a big zoo there, right? And uh, the gentleman who was in the wheelchair, I, I think Roy was the one that was not in a wheelchair, and Siegfried was, correct? I'm not sure. Okay. I think Roy was the one that was not in a wheelchair, so we were, we were going around looking at the animals. Uh, of course, him smoking a cigarette. I'm like, dude, I don't think this is smoking, but whatever. <laughs> um, so we go there, and all of a sudden, I see out of the corner of my eye. I'm, I'm facing this way, and I see out of the corner of my eye there's this gate, and I have the picture. Uh, and Roy walks out. I think it's, I think that's one. Okay. And he comes over and he just hangs out. And after, you know, bear in mind, really, he never, the old man never really kept up with Vegas acts sure. too, too much. You know, I, he knew Elvis and et cetera, et cetera, but Siegfried and Roy, not so much. So, <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, all right, man, this dude that you just talked with for like 20 minutes, he comes up and he's like, man, I just always, you know, enjoyed uh, what you did. And I'm yeah. like, what, what is going on here? Yeah. So at the tiger zoo. Yeah. Yeah. At the tiger zoo, no <laughs> less. There's a white tiger running around, you know, <laughs> biting people's heads off or whatever. Um, so, you know, that, I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, and, 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 uh, the amount of respect that he would get anywhere he goes is, is unmatchable by mm-hmm. today's standards. Now you had to know that the end was coming near, and I, you know, I don't want to focus on death too much. But sure. with Harley's passing, before it came, one of the 
shining moments in World League Wrestling history. Night of Champions 4 in uh, March 9th, 2019. Nick Aldis comes to town, the NWA heavyweight champion. Actually, he's still in that reign. Uh, he retained against Trevor Murdoch uh, this past weekend. Yesterday evening. Uh, yeah, uh, as we're recording this. Uh, a crazy finish. I, I, don't know how, I don't know if you saw it. But, uh, yeah, it, it was uh, Nick Aldis, still the champ. And he came to town to meet you one-on-one in the main event. Adam Cole was there. There were the, <laughs> the stars night, were out. The fans came. Fans who had never been to a WLW show came out. Huge crowd at the Tri County uh, Sports Center in uh, Moscow Mills, I guess yes, it was Missouri. Uh, yeah, yeah, technically. And you guys had this main event match. It was a pleasure to be able to announce you two in the ring in that main event. And so special in your corner, Harley Race with his ring jacket, mm-hmm. his shiny red ring jacket he wore when he managed Vader. Mm-hmm. And what was that day like for you? It had to be overwhelming. Special. One that I'll never, ever forget until the day I die. And even if that, I forget a lot of things, Ben, you, as you well know. I, I know. But uh, well, thanks for pointing out the negative. That's all right. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see, you know, next event. We'll see what happens. Uh very special because none of those elements will ever be at the exact same place at the exact same time ever again. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Nick Aldis felt the same way. Uh, the, the match itself, I think, was uh, almost like a Rocky movie. I, you know, I was thinking about that today, actually. Yeah. You know, it was, it was it's something that you, you could try and replicate it all you want, but sometimes is best to just you know leave it to the originals sometimes you know what i mean mm-hmm. and 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 with it being like a rocky movie i'm like i think that's best the way i could could compare it to mm-hmm. and um having that opportunity you know you say it was a pleasure well man the pleasure was like the, it was the honor i think is probably the best way to say it for yeah. me from my standpoint uh was 100 percent all mine and that goes from from the start of the event, again, that you know, that started taking place. I think the whole process started in November, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, in fact, I know it was because uh, one of the uh, last appearances that's pretty much uh, pushed that whole event in the forward direction uh, was WrestleCade, uh, Thanksgiving weekend of 2018. That's where everything kind of just started to go and come together a little bit. And uh, so four or five months later, uh, there we were, uh, Close to 600 people, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. And then uh, having you do the ring announcing for that match and, and uh, you know, the, the, the whole night as a, as a big entirety. Uh, while it's – that is stressful. You know, earlier we talked about pressure versus stress. That's stressful. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, I think at the end of the day it worked out and uh, being able to have the old man – with me in that match, uh, you're not you can't put a price tag on that yeah. ever. And there's a really good photo of before the match, you, yes. you leaning over and, and yep. hugging him in his chair. I got uh I got that picture in the office. Yeah, I, I was I was so happy that someone uh, snapped that photo. Brian Pittman, you're the man. Brian dude. Pittman, yes yeah. sir. Thank you very much. I want to give credit where it's due. <laughs> Absolutely, at Brian Pittman. Hey, um, you know I, that night when I was sitting ringside with the ten pounds of gold in front of me at the timekeeper's table. I didn't know what was going to happen. 
Uh, I know that earlier in the day, Nick sat down with Harley, and they were talking about the old days and the legacy of the NWA championship. And, uh, you know, the NWA, uh, Billy Corgan is still getting play out of that interview to this day. Yeah, um, just yesterday, or this past weekend. Yeah. As you said, and as we were recording. To yeah. go up to that, uh, Literally. To that match. And uh, you had me. I'll just leave it at that. I really, that was a, a night the that sunny I Sunny to my share, my man. There you go. There you go. I got you, babe. Uh Unfortunately, um, Harley's health declines, and he's, of course, he's still aiming to make an appearance. Uh, I believe you two are down in Atlanta for an autograph signing or, con or a convention, and uh, things go south. Uh, we're not going to discuss too much about that. Of course. Okay. Um, we were, the, the, the scheduled appearance was not in Atlanta, but because of the way the flights work, uh, the scheduled appearance was actually in Knoxville, Tennessee. Knoxville's a small airport. St. Louis is not a big airport. It's not small, but it's not big. Uh, so we had to fly from St. Louis through Atlanta to Knoxville. We just, I'm going to say we just had to stop in Atlanta. And then um, that's where, you know, we stayed there for two weeks. I slept in that hospital waiting room for two weeks on the, on the, the chair that folds out, uh, you know, the hospital food wasn't bad, and there was a Chick-fil-A down the road. No. But, you know, it, it's – it's uh, uh, for the exact opposite reasons, uh, I'll probably never forget those, that, that period of time either. You know, uh, we're going to leave it at that. I want to ask you something, and, and I know that some people don't like to take or give credit, but uh, there was a rumor that Vince McMahon helped pay to transport Harley back to the St. Louis area. What Can you say anything about that? I was there. I was on that flight, literally. Mm -hmm. And you're going to talk about a scary moment. Uh, in Helicopter? Oh, no, no. It was a Learjet, Jack. Oh, wow. It was a, it was a jet. Uh, not a fighter jet, but uh, it was a private jet. And those things are $25,000 minimum. My goodness. And you, if you do not have the proper insurance, they will not fly you unless you pay up front. That said, um, Vince and w Vince McMahon and WWE uh, did something that they did not ever have to do, and I think, um, like I said, I was on that flight, and I think that that was uh, something that Mr. McMahon wanted to do, and I'm going to leave it just like that. Harley was able to pass in St. Louis, um, definitely not alone. It was great that he made it back, in, in my estimation. And at the next show, uh, Teddy Long was their special August guest. 3rd. August 3rd. August uh, 3rd, just two days later, mm -hmm. uh, the show was still on. And you mentioned that you wanted to keep this thing going, meaning World League Wrestling and the Academy going as long as you could. And here we are, almost two years later, it's still going. What's the future look like for <laughs> World League Wrestling? Uh, as bright as bright as the sun can be, man. Um, you know, it, it's, it's always challenging. Every single day is, is a challenge. It just really depends on how much of a fight you care to pick. Um, I care to, I, I care to fight some big ones, man. Sometimes I bite off more than I could chew, but I always chew it and swallow it. Um, to me, the potential of this company and wrestling as a whole, you know, I'm well aware that there are other companies in the St. Louis vicinity. I get that. Um, 
and I'm not saying anything bad about them. I know what goes on in World League Wrestling. I'm there. I'm not, I don't know what goes on in other companies because I'm not there. Um, that said, the potential of what World League Wrestling has to offer and uh, is limitless. Uh, and, and I honest to God believe that. And um, we aren't going anywhere. You're the only company in Missouri uh, on television in uh, three different markets. Also in Houston, Texas, Houston, somehow, Texas. <laughs> but also Columbia, uh, world league wrestling TV.com. Yes, We're sir. streaming shows now, uh, almost yeah. every single outing at the race arena. It, it's, it's, you know, when you, did you, when we kept, when you had the grand opening, uh, were you there that day? I wasn't there at the grand okay, opening. Okay. I couldn't make it out. So, so the rent, I really take uh, great pleasure in seeing what that building was when we first moved in there, which was four white walls, uh, into what it is now, which is basically a miniature TV studio. And to see that prog uh, process and progress happen all at the same time, um, it, it, it uh, warms my heart. You know what I mean? It is because something special. It, it, it is something that we created. And when I say we, I mean um, everyone at World League Wrestling, not just by hanging televisions or by painting the walls or building bleachers. That's a part of it, yes. But the biggest thing that sticks out in my mind is the opportunity that the old man gave me to allow me, me, to do from that to where we are now. We're running low on time. Uh, no, we're going all day, Jack. <laughs> Put that hand down. But before before we get out of here, uh, I gotta I, I I give you a heads up about this. The maddest, the baddest, the saddest, the scariest. Even we want to know Leland Race's wrestling horror story. What do you have for us? Depends on which which avenue of my uh, which which hat you want to you know have me wear. It can be a tough decision. Yeah, yeah. There's there's lots. You know, as as here recently we discussed it. You gave me like you said the heads up. Uh, you know, 20, 2020 was a rough year for every single person across the world. Absolutely understand that. I thought it ended on December 31st. It did not. <laughs> so we had, at the, at the arena, we had two pipes burst. One underground, that was an easier fix. Uh, and shout out to Superstar Steve for helping me with that. And then the second one, that was the doozy. We had a pipe burst in the ceiling. And why there's a pipe in the ceiling, a water pipe in the ceiling, I don't know. But it busted and it sent 66,000 gallons of water into that building, almost a $1,000 water, water bill. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had two weeks before our first event back at the race arena. And uh, there was me and a couple of other individuals at the arena that I called up there. And I looked, my initial phone call said, you want to see why we're not going to run on March 6th? Come up here. So they did. My, my shoes were ruined because there was so much water. Everyone stepped up to the plate. Every single person stepped up to the plate, and uh, we salvaged the place enough to make it uh, usable. And, and really, you know, even not even just the wrestlers, there were some people uh, in the community that helped out too, and, and I'll never forget that either. Because without everyone's help from start to finish, from top to bottom, uh, I would we probably had to close up shop just to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, I know that world league wrestling and, and Troy as a community are so intertwined now and, mm -hmm. and that's gotta be great to have that in your corner. Absolutely. Uh, how can people follow world league wrestling and Leland race on social media? I don't do social media myself. I, <laughs> I man, 
I know it's 2021. You don't want to get I on get Twitter it. and fight with people? No. Oh, that, that's on. a fight that I've refused. I'm not going to do. All right. There, there's some good – man, there's some people out there that are really good at that. But, you know, do it face-to-face. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk then. But, uh, you know, as far as World League Wrestling, uh, on Facebook just, uh, and Instagram, there's World League Wrestling, all one word, all lowercase. Uh, and then on Twitter, um, World League WLW. And then on uh, YouTube is the WLW channel. And, of course, is HarleyRace.com. That goes without saying that's never going to change. In a few weeks, uh, I know tickets are on sale for the next event in Troy, August 14th, Saturday night. They will be. Yeah, in a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. Tickets will, will be on be. sale. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not on sale yet. Don't, don't, don't get... bury me yet, man. No, no, that's what I said. That's what I said. In a Fair few enough. weeks, they'll be on sale. Well, guys, thanks for joining us. We're a little bit over time today, but I think it was well warranted. Uh, you can find this me. Is part one. Yeah, we, we could do it with seven part series. Yeah. Uh, you can find me in the cesspool of Twitter at the Ben Simon. And as far as wrestling at the Grandel, Instagram, Grandel Wrestling, and on Twitter at Grandel Wrestle. We're at Midcoast Studio, Midcoast Media in Midtown St. Louis today. As always, we want to thank our engineers, Grace Robertson and Ryan Torpia. The Good produce- jo- great job. Yeah, absolutely. Great, great job. As All always. All people, yes. Uh, the producer is Joey O'Farrell. Ben, you suck. What? What's wrong with you? <laughs> What's wrong with you? We're just Where's like sunny and over here. Hey, so uh, Leland, thank you for joining pleasure me today. pleasure is all mine, Ben. And again, thank you. Until next time, this is Ben Simon saying so long from the Show Me State.